is lifestyle design as a physician? How do we continue to be happy in our career despite difficulties along the years? Learn the answers to these questions and many more in this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey guys, it's Andrew. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. For my returning listeners, thank you so much again for listening. For my new listeners, welcome to the show. You should be excited because today, like on every episode, I'm bringing you the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues pertaining to the early career physician. Today, I have a former classmate and friend, Dr. Trey Hansen. Trey Hansen is a full-time emergency medicine physician living and working in the Hudson Valley region of New York. Trey's interests and focus include the science of empathy, developing deep interpersonal connections, and the patient experience within the healthcare system. Trey has written numerous articles and grants related to improving hospital patient experience, improving treatment for addiction, and fighting the opioid epidemic. So without further ado, let's bring Trey onto the show. Dr. Trey Hansen, welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here, Andrew. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So uh, I've recorded a little bit about you already, but in your own words, could you tell the listeners kind of who you are and what you do and what your role is in healthcare? Yeah, so uh, I'm a, an emergency emergency physician. I'm a full-time ER doc. I work as actually a nocturnist Um as far as specialty go in the ER field, I only work nights. I am four years out of residency. Um, I also, you know, I, I don't I consider myself to have a lot of roles outside of just medicine. I'm also, uh, you know, an avid real estate investor and, you know, always trying to improve physical fitness and just growing in any way possible. That's, that's really my motto. That's awesome. Yeah, Trey and I, for the listeners, went to school together in, uh, at NICOM on Long Island. So uh, that's how we first met. Uh, and I just uh, today on the show, I wanted to talk about you as kind of a case study on how we get out of residency. There's a lot of challenges we face within and outside of residency. And you could take one path, which is to kind of let things happen to you and see how, how to respond to them. And then you can make another path, which is more proactive in how to deal with some of the challenges we face both within and outside of medicine. So maybe you could give us a little bit about your story and what you've gone through thus far uh, from kind of medical school and beyond. Yeah. So I, I'm really, really big on kind of lifestyle design and, and, and really thinking about how you want your life to be instead of just kind of falling into the roles and let letting someone else kind of direct the way your life is on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, for me, I came out of residency and I, I got my first attending job. And, you know, in the beginning, you're really just, you're trying to learn your trade. I mean, it's really hard to, you know, direct different, uh, nuances within a field when you're trying to really stay afloat head above water when you have so much coming at you. So the first couple of years as as many new attendings, you know, feel it's it's really just trying to become competent and and really 
really understanding my trade. Um, but as you know, you know, ER medicine, I mean, it's not incredibly complicated. We, we see such a variety of things, but you really, after a couple of years, you, you really get the feel of what you're doing. And many physicians, I think myself included, there's a point where you feel well, what, what, what's next here? You know, I, I, I show up to work every, you know, every, every day or so. And I'm just seeing patients. I, I leave work. I'm kind of fried after a 12 hour shift and just kind of go to bed and get ready to do it again the next day. ER is unique. There's a couple other fields that are similar where we're not building a practice. We're not, you know, growing this practice over time and kind of have these inherent goals to kind of become more successful in our field. We come out, we make the same amount as anyone else, which which we get paid well, but it, we kind of hit that ceiling very early on. And to me, that was really difficult to digest. I'm always looking to grow and I always have these goals going forward of where, where I want to be. And so there was a period where I was like, what, what, what am I doing here? What do I want? And I think there was a, you know, a self-realization point where I had to think about how one, do I need to think about my career to kind of keep having this, this rewarding aspect to going to work and, and, and really remain excited about work, but also, you know, the direction of where do I want to go career-wise or financially to kind of get to this next level. And so those have been two kind of simultaneous things that I really spent a lot of time thinking about, but also, um, you know, really put a lot of energy into. Yeah, I think it's important to stop there and talk a little bit about that. I, you know, I've talked about it on this show and elsewhere before that you really, you know, you go through med school to get into residency and then you get through residency and you're going to get your first job. And then you're just like, well, now what? Right. Because you hit you, you, maybe after the first year, the first year out, I think is very challenging for people. But once you get into your stride, you're like, okay, is, so is this it? You know, <laughs> it, it becomes this, uh, this thought of, well, I got to do this for 40 years. And I think a lot of people that don't have perhaps, you know, big lofty goals and just wanted to be a doctor and make a good living, um, kind of have challenged, you know, are, are, are challenged with that difficulty of, well, now what? Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why emergency medicine specifically, it's such a young man's game. I mean, there's not, you know, there's not too many ER docs out there that have been doing it for 40 years and, and it's for that exact reason. And so, you know, for me, it was, you know, I think there's two things that have helped me through that and, and really have kept me exciting, not only in my field, but also, you know, out, outside of EM as a, as a human and out, both financially and for human for personal growth. So for me, the two things that really I've been focusing on to create this meaning in my life, both, both as uh, an ER doc when I'm at work, but also at home, the first thing is really create more meaning while I'm at work. So what I found is that by going to work and really focusing on developing deeper connections with my patients in a shorter, you know, in a very short period of time that we have with them and really kind of trying to understand not only the science of forming connections, but how do I gain this deep trust and really 
become not only vulnerable as, as me as a human and let them into my, my life, uh, but also kind of understand them on a deep level. And really, I started focusing all my energy on that. How do I, to become a better doctor, you know, not necessarily how, what is the newest treatment to, to treating a stroke or a PE? It's, it's, there's a big, huge component of this outside of the, the medicine. And to me, it's this, it's this really forming these deeper and stronger connections with my patients. And that surprisingly, you know, what I found most rewarding was not, you know, it was actually by putting a little more energy in, I found I was feeling significantly more reward coming out. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, I think spending not necessarily, we don't necessarily have more time with a patient, but between patients, we really can think about, oh, what would that person mean a lot to them? Like whether it's a blanket or, or you know, things that are just so obvious and, and inherent human hospitality that can be lost as a physician. And also things like callbacks, which I never did. I always felt like, you know, I see 30 patients in a night, I'm fried. And, you know, calling a couple people back would just add time onto my charts. And but what I found is spending five minutes after reading my charts and reaching out to a couple people and, and kind of letting them know I'm thinking about them. It was not only, it does not have a, only has a significant impact on their perception of me, but also the reward that I felt by touching base with them and, and asking how they're doing and how it made me feel. And it was kind of reinforcing these deep connections. And once I started thinking about it that way, that medicine, it, it, you can, there's unlimited places to go with it, right? You always can form these deeper connections. You always can, can strive to be better. And, it, and that's trans, translated into all forms of my life, you know, connection to my family and, and listening better and uh, friends and, and this kind of thing. So that, that's been a huge switch for me um, in terms of becoming more or feeling more reward at work and, and becoming more connected with my career going forward. Yeah, I think that's huge, Jerry. I mean, um, do we see, especially in emergency medicine, but certainly in many other fields that we see the empathy fatigue um, and we see burnout within, you know, burnout itself leading to more shallow connections with the patients because it's like, Oh, I got another, how many to see, um, or something like that. And I think working, yeah, working on communication with, uh, your family and with your patients kind of shoots into every form, you know, every part of your life. Uh, you know, and then you talk about calling back patients. It's, you know, I, sometimes I go visit my, my hospitalized patients to, to check on them. Um, and I remember the first time I went to go see a patient in the ICU, uh, the hospitalist was up there rounding and he's like, what are you doing up here? Cause it was such a weird, uh, you know, it's, it's so uncommon for an ER doctor to leave the ER. He thought I was checking up on him or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's funny though, because once you move beyond just, you know, this is the right thing to do and more that this is what I want to do. This is, this is actually helping me as a human and, and helping me, as well as helping them. And, and it's, it's a mutual growth and the patients feel that everyone feels that. And, and, 
And you, there's a point where you're kind of like, you're maybe early in your career, you're trying to do the right thing. You want to be seen as a good doc. You want to kind of go through these motions. But once you realize that I actually am going to get a lot in return for really feeling this, really, really putting my heart into it, it's incredibly rewarding. And, 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 you know, it's one of the things that I feel most grateful for going day in and day out of what we do, you know. That's powerful, I think. So that's so we've covered at work, Trey. So you've worked on on forming deeper connections with your patients, working on your communication uh, within the short amount of time that we have to 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 take care of our patients. Um, and what else? What else have you done? I mean, I I'm sure the that's not enough to have. Uh, I think a both fulfilling life and career. So what else can you tell us about? Yeah. So you know, it's a good point. I think. Listen, we are not. We're not robots, right? We don't just go to work and our life, you know, goes, you know, we hit a pause button when we're outside of work. Like we're, we're human beings and we need goals that are, you know, both within our career, but also outside of our career. So for me, I have, there's a couple things that I regularly check in on and it's kind of a, like reviewing my life in a holistic level. And because what I found personally, I, I am, when I am at my best on these kind of core levels of my life, they, what, they all are in sync. They're all working together. So if I'm just working really hard and I come home and I'm fighting with my wife, like I'm not at my best and, and I'm not at my best any, anywhere in this picture, like even at work, I'm not at my best, even if I'm giving that all, if, if, if I'm, if my home life is, is, a, is a wreck. So for me, I currently am going to check up on my career. How, how am I doing at work? You know, how am I making, how are my connections? How is my efficiency? How is my teaching? Because I'm, I'm also in an academic center. So am I communicating with my, my residents? That's, that's one, one very important piece of my life. Two is my mental health, right? So I, I, I'm, a, you know, I meditate regularly, and and that's been very helpful for me, just to kind of, not only to be present, uh, but also kind of reflect on on many things in my life and and keeping myself calm. And so, you know, am I meditating? Am I reading? Am I am I kind of looking into or, or spending time in things that excite me? Um, then there's the physical component, you know, if, if I'm going to the gym, if I'm staying active, my body feels vibrant and healthy, this elevates me on these other levels. And and then the last is my family, you know, am I being a good dad? Am I listening to my kids? Am I, am I spending the time with my wife where, you know, I'm not just kind of coming home exhausted and, and just, you know, just drop everything and kind of have a flat affect because I'm, I'm, I'm pooped from work. And I mean, we all do these things. It's not that we don't like, I don't have, of course I have days like this, but coming back and reflecting on these different pillars and really trying to give more energy where I feel it's lacking. So that's been a big transition for me, um, kind of reflecting on, on these, these levels. Yeah. I think that's so important. You know, it's when we talk about goals, I think everybody thinks about, career or financial goals, right? Um, but the goals that are, I would argue, almost equally as important are physical health goals, mental health goals, family goals, you know, are, 
I, I think the difference from now to when I was really burnt out when we were living in Chicago is I'm not just running around trying to quote escape from medicine. I have goal. I have career goals. I love everything I'm doing, but I also devote time to, to hold space with my wife, my family, and, and I'm able to spend a day working on the garden if I want and not we worrying about the next best thing or the next shiny object. Right. Um, and I think there's also something to be said for when you're in the depths of it, you know, coming home and having a whiskey is a lot easier than talking about why you're so unhappy. Right. Just for an example. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we all know this inherently. I mean, there's a lot of really wealthy, successful quote, quotation mark, successful people in, in a field that are just miserable and, you know, and that, that, that is not success to me. I mean, success is really for, for my, my definition of success is, is really just well-being all around. It's not just being at the top of your game in your career. I mean, that there's, I, I could see a scenario where I'm at the top of my game. Uh, I'm, if I could be the head of ASAP or, or whatever it is, the, the highest position in emergency medicine and completely, feel like a complete failure if I'm divorced and, you know, uh, whatever I have, you know, addictions that can go rampant. There's, there's a million scenarios where it's just like, you really, you can't lose sight of, you know, that situation when you're 85 years old and you look back at your life and you're like, I wish I did this differently. And so it's, it's always great to just constantly come back to that for me, at least. Uh, do you, do you write down your goals, Trey, whether they be uh, career versus um, all your other, you know, all the other important things in your life? I do. I do. From t- I'm not, you know, I, like certainly there are times where I'll go through these periods where I'll journal for a short period of time. I, I think what I've found is really the attempt to daily reflection on them. Like if I'm sitting by myself for 20 minutes, I'm kind of going through my head. What, what would make today a great day? How am I going to make today a great day? And, and for me, it's like I said, it's hitting these things. It's, you know, maybe I don't have time to go to the gym, but you know, I could wake up that morning and do 20 pushups and be like, I, or, or, you know, choose to eat a really healthy lunch, even if I'm working it. And then I've just, I've kind of reiterated that and, and, and you're, you, you put momentum in these things, you know, it, it's really hard to just, you know, if, if you're, if you're, you know, just using health as a, uh, an example, like if, if you're really, if you're, you're in an unhealthy place, say you're overweight, you're drinking every night or you're, you're just in a, a really, you're not in the rhythm. It's, it's, it's challenging to gain that place of momentum. But once you have it, it, you know, it's really easy to add on to that. So, and it's the power of habits. I mean, we've, we've heard this. It's, 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 first of all, step one is really hard. I want to start going in this direction, but it's not about how much time you spend in the next day. So if you have a goal, it's like, I'm going to spend eight hours working out. No, it's, it's spend five minutes, but just do it for three days this week or four days this week. And you have to add on to that. So it's that for me, it's the self-reflection 20 minutes. And what did I do today in this department? It doesn't, doesn't matter how much it was. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. Great advice. In the beginning um, you talked about life design and I know you'd been chatting a bit about the different areas you like to focus on in your life and 
in your career, but could you chat a little more about what you mean uh, in regards to life design and perhaps uh, what that would mean to uh, fellow early career docs that are just feeling kind of miserable right now? Absolutely. You know, we, one of the, I think the most incredible thing about, and I used emergency medicine as an example because it's what I do, but one of the benefits that we have and, and one of the, something I, I talk to students about or, or residents is you have this incredible freedom within this field, right? You, we don't have patients that we recurrently need to, uh, you know, check up on. We, we go to work, we see our patients and then we leave. And you have this opportunity to design exactly what fits your goals. Like if you want to make more money, if you want to pay your debt off or you want to, you can do that. You can, you can spend a year, you can work, you know, more hours and make more money. At the same time, you, we have the opportunity to work less to focus on other goals. So for me, this lifestyle design was let me utilize emergency medicine to write. And, and this, this was something that I did write down. What are my goals in 10 years with my wife and my family? Where do I want to be? And for me, what that was is, or what that is, is doing emergency medicine on a fewer clinical hours, but doing it, you know, every, say one or two days a week, putting all my energy into it and loving what I do at a very high level, having more time, you know, and, and, and the idea is to really incorporate more freedom to spend the time doing what I want to do. And that's really what, for me, financial freedom is. It's not about how much money you have in the bank. It's do you have the freedom to do the things that you want to do? You know, finances, it's not, money's not the key to happiness, but it certainly is a way to free up your time. So if you have a plan for that time, you know, I I could argue it is, it is easier to, to, to build a happier, fulfilling life but utilizing that freedom. So, you know, things that I've designed or things, goals that, that I've created or kind of have been pursuing, you know, is, you know, what can I do? What kind of drips of income can I create to kind of build that freedom? So I kind of loosen the chain, the ball and chain of having to spend more hours at work to make more money. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, I think the way I see it is uh, the ability to buy down your clinical time, right? And, you know, everyone who listens to the show know, knows I'm a big advocate of multiple streams of income and diversifying your income, not only because of recent current events and our jobs maybe not being as secure as they once were, um, but being able to do the things you want to do and perhaps to not make this a 40 year long career of working. 12, 12 hour shifts a month. Right. Um, I, I talk to residents and others that are renegotiating or first time negotiating their contracts is negotiate for time. Uh, oftentimes uh, your employer is, is more likely to give you time than money, even though it is uh, equivalent, it's just not so in their mind. So buy down your time, you know, open up your life to be able to look at other opportunities. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you, Andrew. I think I think the one question you would have for that person is, well, what are you going to do with your time? You know, are you going to you know go buy an Xbox and you're going to spend more more time just just vegging out? I mean, 
what and, and that's fine if that's what you want to do but for me is how do i maximize my time away from work to 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 kind of build this successful life or this this, this designed life that i'm trying to build i i think one thing that i i commonly see and you know i have i think you know the benefits of a 401k are are are, are very obvious i mean the tax benefits the you know the the gains the the historical gains of the stock market i mean these are these are very clear and well documented the one thing that i i had to switch from early in my career is to not pushing all you know as much disposable income into the into the my uh, retirement accounts or the market is for me i want to create uh investments that i actually can can play with and and then that I actually can can actively manage and I can liquidate if needed and and I think the one the negative side of of retirement accounts is is you know by design they're they're not liquid until you're 65 or whatever you have to pay these penalties so although we do I mean I we we put a lot of money into the the our retirement funds I started taking money away from their and taking some of my disposable income and putting it into real estate, which has incredibly affected, you know, my financial freedom and, and really helped, you know, springboard me into kind of a new financial category very you know early on in my career, which I've been really grateful for. Yeah, I think um, certainly the argument can be made that people just don't want to be active with their money and that's the, the tax benefits and the security of the markets are certainly appealing. Um, and I still, for the residents out there, if your first attending job, max out your 401k to get the tax benefits, especially if you get a match. But um, I agree. And we talk about real estate on the show quite a bit. I agree. It is you know my preferred vehicle as well because of all the benefits. But that's just one vehicle. I think if, if you want to uh, diversify your income streams and or create a retirement life that you want, uh, you need to be thinking about some investments that are a little more active. Now, of course, if you had a $200,000 nest egg that you wanted to put into a, uh, you know, a syndication, that's a totally different issue. But I think pick your preferred investment vehicle and figure out what your goals are and then work backwards in order to, to free up, to free up your time. Like we're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well. I think the one important caveat here that people need to understand is that you need an advantage in your, your market that you're going into, right? The reason we don't, most people that are financially savvy don't just say just start playing the market is because you have people that that's what they do and you're playing against them. It's not a good investment strategy to put yourself at odds with people that are better at it at you. So for me, real estate has been so successful because in the area that I live, we have this advantage. Like, you know, my sister, she, um, she owns a real estate company and she's an agent and, and she's, you know, kind of, we, we, we see all the deals before they come on. I've spent a lot of time reading and understanding this field, also understanding design. So, and, and it's okay. It's a trial and error. Like you, you, you need to take risks and make some mistakes. And, but, but I think a miss 
uh, a misperception is, oh, I'm just going to buy this house and it's just going to rent out and it's going to make me money. People need to find something else to learn and to grow. And, and that, that is exciting. It's not just, you know, that that's like saying, if you give your money to a stockbroker, that's fine. Like they will manage it or whatever. You have someone managing your money, but that's what they do. But like we were talking about this, like growth and, 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 you know, being excited about learning something else that is part of happiness like that to me that is that is what life why is life is fulfilling so using emergency medicine to really become an expert in other fields has been incredible and i'm so grateful for that and you know i'm just getting going i mean there, there's you can become an expert in anything i don't care if you want to play croquet just you have this freedom to really put some time and energy and get excited about other things while having this incredible safety net of being an ER doc or, or being in medicine in general where you have these skills that are valuable for forever. I mean, you, you, you can't just Google your health problems and be a doctor, although people try to. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, we, are, we went to school for this. We have these skills, which we always will have. Um, and, and so that, that to me is, it's, it's, in, I'm incredibly grateful for that. And that's, you know, that's a good point too, is that, um, I know a lot of times, uh, some of my clients that I work with in regard that want to start businesses and side gigs and, and monetize their side gigs, um, have this incredible fear of, uh, of screwing up or failure or what have you. And, uh, it really is, if you screw up as a doctor, there can be some really big consequences. You know, it could be life and death. Um, if your business fails, you might lose a little bit of money, but nothing's really going to happen, right? You know, the the fun part about all these other things that we do is that um, you get to learn new things, you get to interact with really cool people, and then if you fail, you failed, right? Nothing. You just learned something new. That's all it was. So that's that's the fun part about all these side projects, whether it be real estate, whether it be starting a business, whether it be learning more about stocks, um, whatever your vehicle is. Yeah. And I, I, th I think you're dead on. Like I think failure is incredibly valuable. It's just being failing at something that you're excited about. So you're willing to get back up on that horse, right? That's, that is the thing. Just fail. I'm done. I'm going to try something else. Well, you're not going to get anywhere. You need to, that's why it's, there, you know, the cliches of follow your passion, but this, I, and I, I, you know, I think there's mixed, you know, you do want to be passionate about what you do, but I, I would argue that you can become passionate about things. They just have to kind of strike with why you're doing it and, and your willingness to continue forward. That, that is the whole in life to get good. You can get good at anything. It doesn't matter how good you are at the start. It's how much time, energy, you put into it. So making sure you're directed, your, your energy is directed in something for the long term. That is, that's it. That, that is, the, that's the secret. It's, it's, that's right. I mean, especially as doctors, right? Inherently we have done a very hard thing, right? Um, going through medical school and residency and becoming attending is a very hard thing to do. Um, so certainly you can learn, um, about all anything else you'd like to do, as long as you have the right mentors, you have the right guides, and you read a couple, you read enough books, and and whatever your your medium is. Um, but inherently, we're smart, hardworking, driven people. You know, it's funny though. I think 
certain on, on some level we almost have ptsd from going through all that it's like well <laughs> i think so all this time and energy like i can't do that i'm not doing that again and it's like you're almost comparing like that is true we're capable of doing anything but you're you don't need to you know getting involved in real estate is, you know you don't want to compare it to medical school otherwise you're not going to never do that again like you know so it's it's important to think about really things can be done over time with less, less pressure and, and more about, you know, learning uh, for the right reasons. Cause it excites you, you know? Sure. Well, let me ask you this, Trey, uh, you know, what if uh, someone listening would say to you, okay, that's all well and good. And, you know, you're doing so well with real estate and, and, but you know, I work all day and I work all night and I have a half a million dollars of debt and I'm miserable and I just, I can't stand it. How, you know, I have nothing left in the tank when I get home to be able to learn something new. You know, how, how do you work on that mindset and how do you work on freeing up your time perhaps to be able to pursue some of these outside interests? Yeah. I mean, I would say, well, I, I totally understand because that was me three years ago. I mean, I was in the same boat. Right? So it, it requires a couple things. One, that you are in a situation that allows you to do to do something else, right? If you're working on godly hours and maybe you did that to, to maximize income or to pay off your loan, that's fine. But you're, you, you only have so much time and energy, right? So, you know, coming back to this lifestyle design, well, thinking about your contract and, you know, thinking outside of just what is my, my hourly weight, you know, rate, or what is my sign on bonus, but more what, what freedom do I have inherently in that contract to, to kind of pursue these other things. Okay. So that's one, I think too, I, I mean, I'm, I, I feel incredibly lucky. Like I, I don't, you know, there's been a lot of circumstances that I, I'm just lucky. And, and I, and I, and I understand that. Like when I was talking about my advantage, like I happen to live in a town that, that is going through this insane boom right now because we're, you know, in the beautiful Hudson Valley, an hour and a half North of the city. And you're seeing this mass exodus of, of New York city residents. So there's a lot of factors here that we're just lucky. And, and, but we, you will get lucky in life. Luck is, Part of luck is I, I've all got this my whole life. My friends always say, you, you always get so lucky. It's like, well, the luck is coming from putting myself in the right situations and, and having the right mindset where I'm, I'm putting myself out there and luck will happen. It's just luck is created, Trey, you know, luck, exactly. you create luck. That's, that's right. I mean, you, you have to be in a situation where the cards are going to, going to fall in your favor. If you're not at the table, they're not going to fall. And that's the kind of most common thing that I see people that just, you know, have this victim mentality. Well, you know, shit always just works out for you. But, but the, the, the reality is, is putting yourself in the position, putting yourself out there, being willing to make, like making mistakes is okay. There's a, a lot of growth from making mistakes. Next time you're a little better at what you're going to be doing. You just have to get in that position where you're going to do it. So <clears throat> getting back to your question, I mean, um, I, I also, I have a, you know, my wife is, is just an incredible partner and, and she's, we've, we've, um, we've done very well in, in short term rentals and, and Airbnb. And that, that's been a market that's been, you know, really helped us through, um, by renting out our house, hacking our own house. So renting out our house while we live there and, 
you know, being able to, to go through times initially while in residency and shortly thereafter, we'll be able to supplement our income without having, you know, multiple properties to play with. So you have to get a little creative and the, the information is out there for this. I mean, there's tons of podcasts um, that is just incredibly helpful if you want to get started. I mean, you have to kind of educate yourself a little bit um, and then kind of jump out there. And then the other, the last piece is, is debt, like you mentioned, like how do we get these shackles off of us? And there's different ways of doing that. And, and I think everyone is going to be a little different there. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of people that have done this incredibly quickly by living a, you know, eating rice and beans, uh, you know, making 400 grand a year, and they're putting all their money to their debt. And that's, fine. That's, that's, that's great. I, I, I think that's amazing. I have three kids. Like that was not on the table. I can tell you that right now. Um, and it's like, so just getting really getting creative, uh, but having your goal in mind, you can't just show up to work and, and watch your debt and, and just sit, sit back in the, in the passenger seat and see what happens. It will not work. You have to kind of really be in the driver's seat and play out different scenarios and get your feet wet and, and giving yourself the opportunity to have some freedom to do that. And, and in our field, we do. We do have the freedom. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I mean, I talk to people all the time and it's just debt is less anxiety provoking if you have a plan for its elimination, whether that be going for forgiveness, whether that be eating rice and beans, which is not my style, um, or whether it is creating enough opportunities outside to help pay that debt down or whatever it is, as long as you have a plan, you will sleep better at night, um, in regards to your debt. But, um, I think all that is, is excellent advice, especially about putting yourself at the table, right? Um, you, you will you know, like you will never you will never be lucky if you don't go out there meet people talk to people and and put yourself out there so i think that's that's wonderful advice uh, i just want to shift the show a little bit trey just to get to know you a little bit more as we're running a little bit out of time here so uh do you uh do you have a maybe one or two book recommendations for the listeners yeah, I, I, I love to read. I, I think books on tape have uh, audible has like changed my life once I realized that I can ingest information, um, you know, going to work. And then that's been something that, that I, I, I love and would recommend to anybody there. If you know, listening to music is great, but you can really educate yourself with audible, um, things that I, I think authors that have really helped me and really inspired me. Um, I, I think it really comes down to the different times in my life. Like when I was in medical school, I, I was really, and I still am a fan, but, but a huge fan of Tim Ferriss who, uh, inspired his, you know, four hour work week, which again, this was written many, many years ago. And, I, you know, I think at that time in my life, that really, uh, showed me this idea of lifestyle design, like build it, you, you know, with, with the internet and, and, you know, being able to do so many things remote, like you can, at one point, my, my goal was to live in Costa Rica, between Costa Rica and Aspen and work in Texas. And I was building that after that contract and like things changed, my goals changed, which was fine, but that possibility was on the table. And 
So I was very inspired by Tim Ferriss. Um, and uh, he, he's one, one author. The next, I, I think during residency and, and during the initial, when you're in this grind, this horrible, almost traumatic gauntlet and you feel like there's no end and find that inspiration to get through. At that time, like Ryan Holiday was, it was a really influential author for me. And um, one book in particular that, that I, I, I go back to when I'm, when I'm going through something really challenging is, is The Obstacle is the Way, which I've given many times to, to people that, that are going through something really difficult and need some inspiration. So that's been a, a huge uh, influence in my life. I, I love uh, Yuval Noah Harari. He's, he's such a great author and Sapiens and Homo Deus have been really inspiring to me of kind of thinking about the future and, and, and just kind of inspiration of, of the freedom we have inherently as humans. And, and just uh, that, that that's, he's been a, a, a very influential author. And then a, a, someone I follow very regularly on podcasts is Naval Ravikant, who's just incredibly brilliant angel investor that, that just, um, he, you can look up his podcast. He's, he's on a host of podcasts, but a really, really, um, deep thinker, um, really, really smart guy that incredibly investable, um, incredibly successful financially, but also has some really great thoughts on happiness and, 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 you know, mental well-being, which, which have really influenced me. Great. Yeah. Put those all in the show notes. Um, you know, you've given a lot of advice, great advice to, to your colleagues on the show thus far, but if you could just give the, you know, the early career doc, uh, just one single piece of advice, you know, what would that one thing be if they never listen to this episode and they just want to hear the one piece of advice, what would that be? Um, I would say that, you know, change is always happening. And no matter what you're going through right now, it, you have an opportunity to be in a different situation tomorrow or, or next week. So almost keeping that, stay excited, stay um, focused on your dreams, despite what you're going through, because you can get there. And if you know that, if you know that, you know, as human beings, we have this incredible ability to adapt and move forward, you know, lighten up on yourself. Um, there's been other people that have gone through similar challenges and there's a way forward. Uh, I think that, that, that to me is something I, I always had to remind myself and, you know, I encourage young, young physicians to, to keep in mind. Yeah. I love that. That's great. So, uh, if people really love your message and want to connect with you, Trey, uh, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook at uh, Trey Hansen as well as uh, Instagram at Dr. Underscore Trey Hansen. Awesome. All right. I will uh, put that in the show notes as well. Uh, Trey, always a pleasure. Thank you again for coming on the show and, and imparting all of your lessons that, that you've learned the hard way um, on our listeners. And uh, I really appreciate it. Andrew, thank you, my friend. It was a pleasure. All right. We'll talk soon. Wow, that was an amazing episode with Dr. Hugo Hansen, one of my former classmates. I really enjoyed his discussion of how he has combated burnout and designed a life that works for him and his family. I also enjoy his philosophies on health, well-being, as well as 
burnout, as well as increased longevity in this challenging career. That's all I have today. Thank you for listening. Please leave me a honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts as it helps get the word out there. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is join my Early Career Physician Facebook group. Just search Early Career Physicians on Facebook and fill out the required questions. Also, if you've been struggling with your career, All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.